Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 4, Episode 4, titled Queens Behind Bars. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one felonious co-host first from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Get those nuts away from my face. To Taylor, <laughs> the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. Joseph, bonjour, lady. <laughs> bonjour, lady. A che- category is cheesecake. Oh, the category <laughs> is cheesecake. I mean, my mom just arrived from the hospital today. Uh-huh. And happy birthday to me. My dad goes, oh, Diana, my my brother's mother-in-law, the uh-huh. other mother-in-law, uh-huh. uh, sent your mom um, a bunch of tiny little cheesecakes. Oh, nice. And I was like, huh. <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, okay. So, um, by the way, and usually, you know, on the regular show, this is where I say, like, you know, if you're not on Patreon, <laughs> I was thinking show, that. Yeah, you're show, guys. If you're, whenever we announce that we're doing a live show, so this we, we did these live on the expensive tier. Mm-hmm. Even though the exclusive tier gained them later. If you're not listening, we did essentially it was it was a real just between us girls. Because just between us girls has become a show. Yeah. This was legitimately me and you talking. Yeah. With with yeah. with a couple of, of, of very special people just kind of getting to listen in. Yeah. And Jordan Darling alone at all kind of summon being summoned. Did he ever respond to his no. being summoned? No. Oh, interesting. Huh. Uh, um, anyway, so if you're if you're not listening to the live show, you're missing a lot. And I'm not I, even though I have them, I'm not going to ever release them. Thank you. No, not this one. You can't release that one. I know I can't. No, I know. Um, all right. Well, this week the queens put each other into quick drag and post their mug shots. Then in the main challenge, the girls make their network TV debut when they act in the new sitcom. Hot in Tuckahoe. On the runway, the dolls dress for the red carpet. In the end, Latrice Royale is named the winner of the challenge while, while Madame Laqueer and Milan are placed in the bottom two. After the lip sync, Milan is told Shantae, you stay, while Madame Laqueer is asked to sashay away. Taylor, the latte boy, go ahead and name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I'm very torn about this episode because really? the thing that I liked about it... Mm-hmm. was that I remembered very little about it. Mm-hmm. So oh, it really? almost felt like a new episode. I knew th- mm-hmm. I knew that the fight was coming up and I kind of remembered that this was the week that Madame Laqueer went home, but I yeah. didn't really remember a whole lot about it mm-hmm. as a whole. So it was enjoyable watching it in that regard mm-hmm. um, and kind of dovetailing into that. Much like when we reviewed season five, I watched it with different eyes. I watched Mm -hmm. this fight with different eyes Mm -hmm. and it kind of changed to some degree. It changed my perception of the fight. So in that regard, I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially now that I know more about the machine that is this show. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that I did not like was... There was something about the there's something about the mini challenge mm-hmm. 
the actual photographs that mm-hmm. to me feels sort of problematic. Like it's one of those things that they couldn't necessarily get away with doing that now mm-hmm. because it felt like you were making fun of low, low educated people, mm-hmm. you know, obviously people of color, people with bad dentistry, you know, people mm-hmm. with drug issues, like, like a lot of that, like you couldn't get away with it. So watching it now, watching a 2011 show or whatever year this came out in with 2021 eyes was a little like, Oh, I I, I don't know that I care for this. So, so let me ask you this question. Um, how do you know everyone listening? Cause even the people who get this the soonest they're listening in about a month or two after we tape this. Uh-huh. is how you know but what's just aired here in in this present time is we've just watched drag race uk uh episode three i believe did you watch it yes oh yeah, you did you watched yes. it last night oh every i played a hilarious night. joke on taylor <laughs> <laughs> taylor i had called taylor and he didn't answer and he texted me back and said i'm i'm watching drag race uk right now i'll call you after and I sent home, just in case people are listening live, I, I sent home the name of the person in the bottom three who's not in the bottom two. Because then uh-huh. I knew he would sweat. <laughs> and I, I sweat said, a little bit because that was one of those bottom three that really any of the three of them could have got called. <laughs> yeah, so I said, there was a little bit of that. I went, so such and such a person goes home. That's all I responded. <laughs> And I was so amused with myself going like, I can already see him sitting next to Babalu going, I hope he's joking. I hope, you know, if he's, if he's not joking, I'm quitting the show. I'm quitting the show. That's it. I'm quitting the show. <laughs> and as I told you for about half a second, that played in my head. And then I thought, he's not, he's not the drama. Is he the drama? He's not the villain. <laughs> Joe's not the villain. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you never know. Like, I could be the Angela, the, the Agatha Harkness. Is that her name? Uh huh. Yeah, I could be the Agatha Harkness. It was Batantha all along. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, um, but anyway, for the mini challenge on that episode, the one Drag Race UK, they didn't do women, but they did, they had to be like butch, and there was sort of the sort of the same thing, don't you think, or no? Yeah, but I also didn't necessarily find that funny. True. Good point. But did you find it offensive? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. But there was something about this that just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. That's all. <clears throat> all right. Uh, two things I have about the episode. I think, you know, it's an iconic episode. There's a reason it's an iconic episode. Um, I mean, there's so, there, like, you know, we always say, like, what's the one thing you didn't like? But it's one of these things where even the things that I could go on and on about the different things I didn't like, and we'll talk about them today, but they're almost, they're not necessarily criticism of the show as much as they're like, no, they're iconic things to not like. Like, it's iconic to not like Billy B. He's obnoxious. You yeah. Know? Um, that lip sync is obnoxiously off. Not I me. Mean, it's terrible. Like that's one of it's, the messiest, awful lip sync ever seen. In my life. Yes, yes. I, was, I mentioned that. That's in my notes at the end. Yes. Yeah. 
And so, uh, and so in that respect, there's a lot in this episode to even talk about, you know, and, and to point out and to, and to mention. And so like, in that respect, I like it too. And I've said this before in these kinds of shows, I don't know why they don't do the 40 minutes without commercial episodes anymore. They're so tight and they're so, maybe I will mm-hmm. sort of mix it. The, this, the episode doesn't meander to go back to that drag race UK episode I was talking about. I think it's like an hour 10 or something, hour 15. Yeah. And it feels it. It feel you feel every second of that. It's like that mini challenge went on way too long, you know? Yeah. And so in those 40 minute episodes, they're just so tight and so good. And maybe sometimes you might want a few extra minutes, but well, no. And I, I said that that's the first note that I have for the first act is that it's weird how I've gotten so used to them all coming in and de-dragging mm-hmm. that they've done for the last four or five seasons on, the, you know, of the current uh, seasons of Drag Race. So where they just kind of come in in the morning, where they just do a previously on, they play the intro, and then they all come in in the morning. It's very like, whoa, whoa, did I miss something? Yeah. Or I think we've be- become conditioned to this where we're watching this, and you and I watch it live with commercials. So by yeah. the time you get through everything, it feels like it's like, you know, it's two it's two full hours at least. Yeah, because you have untucked and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. <clears throat> um is there anything else? Well, I mean, then the other thing I like was all the iconic lines. I mean, there's so many iconic lines yeah. in this episode. The fight, the get those nuts away from my face. Are you talking about beavers or ew? I mean, like Oh, I kind of kind of like, kinda like the smell. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's just so much going on here, and uh, it's such a great episode. All right, after the princess's elimination, the queens praise Dita Ritz for her iconic lip sync. Sharon's shocked to have won two of the first three challenges, and hopes the pageant girls back home are seeing her success. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. The girls will be split into pairs and handcuffed to one another. They need to apply their partner's makeup. And then pose for mug shots. Willem and Ma- Madame Laqueer go blue and win the challenge. Uh, let's stop right there. Taylor, any big thoughts on the walking in and the talking to Bubba and the talking to Sharon, you know, this and the mini challenge and the handcuffs? What, what are your thoughts here? I would say I wrote a note that I don't understand why I wrote it. Um, oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, the mini challenge itself, I said I did not like it. However, I did like the the idea of you have to paint each other's faces and you have to be handcuffed. I thought that was a fun way to add on to the challenge. And you saw all of the Queens, you saw them all like the, Oh shit, you know, kind of thing Mm -hmm. where, where, but there also is where they're all in to have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like everybody was having a good time during that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the idea of the dye packs was a really clever way to stand out. Yeah. I find I find it, that, that that it was very 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 clever, and I thought of all of the contestants. If one person had to win, Chad was actually my favorite. I thought Chad was the one that actually looked the most like she was actually getting a mugshot done, and she was like upset about it. Versus everybody else, just kind of did the weird, like you know, oh, I'm slutty and sexy, you know, yeah, or crazy, yeah. You know, uh, I, I want to go. Yeah, I have a lot of these notes too. I think it was a really good mini challenge. I agree with you. There could be some problematic things there, maybe, because I think they were also portraying them as trans women or or women in drag who broke the law. 
So maybe like street work. So there could be like a weird sex worker shaming okay. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But um but the but the concept of the mini challenge where they're handcuffed and they do each other's makeup is a really good idea, which I actually I wish we would have seen more of that. They just sort of just happened, you know? Because yeah. they didn't have as much time, which I also appreciate. Um <sighs> there is a moment when they're doing the photo shoots and Chad walks in with his partner, I don't remember who it is. And falls down. And, oh, with Sharon. And yeah. I was like, was the fall on purpose? Was that part of the character? Because it looked, I think she fell yeah, pretty I hard. I think they were, they were supposed, I think they said that they were public drunkenness. Uh, okay. Public intoxication. So I think mm-hmm. that was supposed to be where he was playing the character. And so, you know, again, to sort of go with what's going on right now, one of the things, and I think, I, I, I get a sense this is what you're going to talk about later, Taylor. Is one of the things sort of in the drag race news is that Dita Ritz went on a podcast and talked about how Sharon used to just liberally use the N word backstage. Okay. And, um, people have commented on this. And recently I saw this on the Reddits where Willem went after somebody for commenting. I can't remember what it was. Maybe almost doubting that Sharon did this. Or I think the person was saying, why didn't the other girls say anything? And Willem answered back, kind of clapped back, and said that she and Chad and Dita and um, Latrice did speak to producers, and nothing was done. Okay, fine, right? Okay. But what I think is weird, in the past couple of episodes I've seen, and maybe Sharon doesn't start saying the N-word till later, like, Chad is all up in Sharon, and, like... Chooses her for this challenge on yet on the last challenge when Sharon won, she was like at a girl, you know, mm-hmm. and so like I don't know if I necessarily see, but maybe this happens later. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, uh, th- uh, this is the first I'm hearing about this, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. and that makes me that makes me sad, but I'm not surprised given what we've heard about Sharon over the last. Oh, you didn't you years. hadn't heard this Sharon thing? No, no, this oh. is the first I I've heard about it. Um. Again, I'm listening to podcasts from March right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just very, very behind. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I also think that Chad strikes me as someone who is very, um, not devious, devious isn't the right word, but very um, intentional in her decisions. Mm-hmm. And okay. maybe just thought, this is somebody that I want to, even though I don't necessarily agree with things that she's saying, and I have a problem with it, she is somebody that I kind of want to be near because she is clearly a competitor and I want to yeah. compete against somebody that I, that I, I, I want to win against the best. And yeah. at this point, Sharon's got two wins to Chad's one mm-hmm. um, up until this point. So maybe she was just kind of keeping an eye on her in that way. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah. I also want to go back to another moment actually before this. This is after uh, the princess's elimination. And, you know, Sharon's talking about how back home, the pageant girls, this and that. And she, and Fifi says in a confessional, essentially, that Sharon owes the win to her. And I wrote down here, like, she's crazy. She's a crazy person. The, yeah. This is a crazy person talking. I don't know if, what, if you had thoughts on that. Um, well, I will get to that, I think, more to the during okay. the fight, but okay. yeah, that that is a that, that is a that 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 sounds to me like producers are saying, why don't you say this? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. 
I, I, I can't believe that Fifi would be that delusional to think that she is responsible for the win because ultimately Sharon had to sell the character last week. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, after the photo shoot, RuPaul announced that the main challenge, the Queens will be, will star in the new hit television show, Hot in Tuckahoe. There'll be two randomly determined teams, captained by Willem and Madame Laqueer. Team Willem consists of Jiggly Caliente, obviously Willem, Latrice Royale, Fifi O'Hara, and Chad Michaels, while Team Madame Laqueer has, um, Madame Laqueer, Dita Ritz, Sharon Needles, Kenya Michaels, and Milan. Uh, the next day in the workroom, Madame LaQueer assigns Kenya the butch role. The queens have trouble learning their lines. Sharon Needles gives Kenya English lessons. Jiggly can't pronounce or define horticulture. And Madame LaQueer decides her character is British. Uh, any thoughts here on everything that happened in the workroom pre-table visit? Well, one thing of note that's mm-hmm. in my personal life is that yeah. um, my co-host... On Pot is My Co-Pilot, her daughter, she and I watched this season together. She was, I believe she was like 11 or 12 when this was on. So we were very much, we were watching, we would talk about it when I would Mm -hmm. go over to their house and all that kind of stuff. And for Christmas that year, Taffy bought her daughter a pair of these shoes, autographed. By RuPaul? By RuPaul, yes. Oh my god! That they are—they uh-huh. are in a—they are in a acrylic box in mm-hmm. a closet someplace at this point. So there is a pair of these shoes within it, a, a fifteen mile range of my house. Is the so. shoe itself autographed or the boxes? I, you know what? Let me text her. I—I I, I am not one hundred percent sure. I think it—I think it is the shoe. It, it, it was never the shoes were never worn. The shoes are enormous. Yeah, but I do know that. But um. So let me let me text her while we're talking. But all right, um, well you I'll do t- that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a good broadcaster and sort of give okay. my thoughts on what was going on. You know, um, there's a moment where Madame Laqueer, you know, Sharon is trying to help Kenya pronounce some of the words. She's trying to work through and helping her phonetically say it. And Milan <laughs> is right next to her, going like, "Bitch, you gonna let her take over? You gonna let her right. do that?" And I'm like, were you here last week, Milan? You were doing worse on the, when you were on Kenya's team. And yeah. and I didn't see that as a leadership thing. I saw that as a teammate helping another teammate out. Yeah, and Madame Laqueer can't help her, even though I'm not sure Madame Laqueer is aware of that. Yeah. I think Madame Laqueer thinks she doesn't have an accent. Why do you think that they, this week... Especially mm-hmm. a week when Madame Laqueer isn't in the possibility of being the last one picked, that mm-hmm. they had them pick from a box versus allowed the, the teams to pick. Do you think that they were afraid that she was going to get picked last again? So they're like, <laughs> we have to set up something so that she's not the last one picked. And like, oh, shit, she won. Oh, well, well, you know, or we'll do just you keep think, doing it anyway. Do you think perhaps they were afraid it would be very lopsided? So it would be Willem Milan, you know, all the the really good girls and then to be like Madame Laqueer and Kenya and, you know, uh, all the weaker girls, especially in the language, uh, on it. I don't the, know. The print, they bring the princess back. Yeah. They bring the princess back just to be in the episode. Kelly Mantle sure. shows up for some reason. <laughs> yeah. She two seasons ahead of when she's supposed to be on. Um, Nisha okay. Lopez just runs in the workroom and goes, I'm back bitches. <laughs> and everyone's like, who are you? 
<laughs> when the wrong season. Uh, um, also, this is a weird, bigger topic. Okay. But it's something that struck me. I took What'd you call me? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a note that I took here and I'm going to talk about it here. I remember this season liking Willem a lot. And now on a rewatch, I'm like, he's very unlikable. No, Willem was very unlikable. <laughs> Willem was, Willem is someone who I have grown to appreciate more. Mm-hmm. I, especially as it gets closer to the end of Willem's run with the season, mm-hmm. there's parts that I'm like, oh, there's like mental health stuff going on with yeah. her. So, mm-hmm. which now, according to the way that she says it, you know, she says it was all calculated, everything she was doing, and that she decided she didn't want to be there anymore, so she decided to be a shit sir. Um, but there are parts of it that are just very weird. But no, I she's not likable at all. Do you really buy that, though? I don't buy it. I think she saw her performance and was like, oh, that wasn't very good. So now she's like, I was doing it on purpose. I think when you get towards the end, mm-hmm. and part of this, again, may be that they couldn't keep certain parts in in the edit Mm -hmm. i feel like that level of crazy that she kind of was acting towards the end you you can't really hide that you can't make up an excuse for that at that time unless you're saying look i've gotten better but it was really crazy then i i don't i i i think that she has enough or at least she's had enough time to create a narrative that makes sense to me when you listen to it when she talks about the season on race chaser I'm I'm thinking I'm having trouble wrapping. So you do believe her or don't believe her? I do believe her. Oh, you think it was calculated? I think it was calculated. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's talk about Madame Laqueer's accent. How she decided she was going to do a British accent <laughs> because she's an actor and she's been in two plays and whatnot. What were you? What were your thoughts in this accent? What were you thinking about everything that was going on here? It it's just it's delusional. It it doesn't sound like any accent I've ever heard from any dialect in the history of mankind. It was just a weird. There's something about her that is very. <sighs> Anything I say here is going to come off as mean, but I I just I, I, delusional is really the only thing that I could think of. It's just it's it wasn't it didn't make any sense, and the fact that you know. I appreciate as much as I'm not necessarily a fan of Milan right now with the trying to take mm-hmm. over with leadership and stuff. But when she says to her, you know, well, you, you do you then. Cause I, cause at that point I figure Milan's like, well, then we know who's going to be in the bottom if you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I, hopefully I'll be safe. So just the fact that, you know, even though she was saying this, I, she, she didn't have, it just wasn't a good idea. It was just delusional. It was just completely mm-hmm. delusional to think that this was going to be a good idea. In her head, I think it was going to, it was something that it could never actually be. Well, what's funny is, is we, and we're, I'm jumping ahead here. I think she heard it and thought that she nailed it. I mean, that kind of comes up on the main stage. Well, but uh, you see that with bad actors and bad actresses all the time where they think they know what they're doing. I just saw a clip, somebody that I follow on Instagram of, it was a show that came on a couple of seasons after American Idol of where they took mm-hmm really bad singers and they did okay. a show where they thought they were actually going to have like a, a record like contract and stuff and it was mm-hmm. really kind of to make fun of these people and you see these people are genuinely like they think that they are the shit and they're trying to hit yeah. all of those weird notes and stuff and you can see it's like 
toned Loke, vitamin C, and like one other person that are sitting in this like room, like watching them sing and trying. Like you can see the blood trickling at the side of their mouth where they're biting their tongue. And mm-hmm. it's this may be where she kind of is in that same level of, oh, well, I completely sound British and I completely sound like I am this woman of upper crust that is, is I'm going to nail this. This is this is my chance to really kind of show my comedy chops. And again, delusion. It was completely crazy and delusional. I'll tell you what, Taylor, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the episode. We'll do that right when we get back from the break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do for an extra hour in the day? I'll tell you, I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I... Uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz, you know, wrote things. And then it seems now that a podcast, which is a, a, a great creative outlet, by the way, I just write less. And well, I do write a lot. I just, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less. I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever's coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy. And it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. Yeah! All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, uh, let's move on here. Uh, during the table visits, William, uh, William, Willem brags about appearing on Sex and the City. Milan critiques Madame Laqueer's directing and Latrice Royale's excited to be the prison guard and not the prisoner. Um, any, any thoughts here on these table visits? I wrote down that Willem talking up her resume makes sense. That is one of those where you, you are, you are putting yourself out there. She is somebody who, you know, like her or not this season, she is willing to kind of do what she needs to to stand out. And if she has something that to the best of everybody's knowledge, none of these other girls have at this point where I have a, an extensive acting history, then of course I want Rue to know that I've got the stuff to back it up. You know, you don't think Rue already knew that she cast her on the fucking show. Well, okay, I, yes, I know that, but she's, mm-hmm. she's, they're doing this for the show. And it also is where you're kind of promoting of where she's pretty much saying that knowing that she is going to either do really well 
Or as we've seen many times, as we saw with Milan this week, where she was just like, you know, I'm, I, I have a degree in acting. So I'm good. This is, this is the, this is the challenge that was made for me. Mm-hmm. You know, then it gives them an opportunity to fall flat on her face. But I think Willem thought, well, this is my way of kind of showing that I'm. But it was awesome. kind of gross the way she did it, where she. Oh, it like, is gross. Yes, yeah. it absolutely is gross. But Willem is kind of gross this season. Yeah, she's like, I based her on Samantha from Sex in the City because I was in Sex in the City with Samantha, and you were like, ew. Yeah. What is this it's so gross? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do love the only note I have for this scene is that RuPaul's giving them um acting comedy lessons. Mm-hmm. I love when Michelle and RuPaul give acting and comedy advice. It's one of my <laughs> favorite things. It would be the equivalent of me giving someone advice on how to do karate or <laughs> shoot a basketball or mm-hmm. have sex with a woman. You know, like it's it's really like no. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Any other thoughts on these table visits? Um the only th- the only thing that I really wrote down was the Willem talking up the resume. That was the only thing All that right. I wrote. It's time to film the sitcoms on Team Willem. Latrice uh, implores the girls to get those nuts away from her face, and Jiggly struggles with timing. Over on Team Kenya, Sharon Needle spars with Rue and Max while dressed as a beaver, and Madame LaQueer attempts a Lucille Ball impression. Your thoughts on the filming of the episode, Taylor the Latte Boy? Well, I mean, this is definitely one of those iconic get those nuts out of my face sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And you've also got the... That is another example of one of those that I don't... We have talked about this in previous seasons Mm -hmm. of how you can't just parrot what the director is saying to you so they can get it for at least one take. You know, we we saw this with um, Kamora Hall with the... I was rooting for you. You know, I I was rooting for us or whatever. We've seen this with Mm -hmm. other where they just kind of do it over and over and over again. Is Mm -hmm. it... Do you think it's where your brain just shuts off? Or that they just they can't seem to have that cognitive connect of following yeah. along. Well, do you, uh, yeah. I or is are they, is it a, is it a weird version of being tone deaf? Like they're not they're just not hearing it. Yeah, like even even it, n- n- no, don't move your mouth like this. Move your mouth mm-hmm. like this, so that you go from ooh to ew. I mean, that's just moving your mouth to where you open up your mouth versus you like press your lips together. So it's of course it also could be delusional. She she was she was trying to direct her own character, where she thought that a character like that wouldn't necessarily go. They would go ooh. Yeah, I think you're right because because it's a it's an upper crust woman that she's trying to do. Also, I wonder too to give her the benefit of the doubt if I Love Lucy is dubbed in Puerto Rico, and so she doesn't know the Lucy reference. That he's like maybe that person doesn't do it like that. Maybe that person doesn't go, you know, like okay. But so, you're also having somebody do the noise in front of you. It's one thing if she said, if if Max said, just do it like I love Lucy, do it like Lucy would do, Lucy Ricardo would do, and then she didn't know the reference. But mm-hmm. Ma- they showed like three or four times Max going, ooh. I got the impression that they were repeating the same clip, though. I don't know if they were, but it seemed like they were. 
Um, maybe he only did it once. I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. If, if we buy into that, I don't know. It is. It's very strange, but it's what makes it funny. You know? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this Max Munch Munchnik? Munchnik. I have notes here. He came off as really obnoxious on this episode. I don't know what this yes. person's really like. But speaking of self-producing, but he was going to go in and he was going to be the Simon Cowell and he was going to read them for filth and, but, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. Cause some of the things I was like, as we know, for instance, uh, he is the co-creator of Will and Grace. Okay. Yes. And, uh, he, you know, is the, I imagine that they were the showrunners. I don't know, but I'm assuming they were. And as we know that, you know, years later after this, they rebooted Will and Grace and famously, uh, Megan Mullally and Deborah Messing did not get along and were not even right. seen together. Do you think if they were fighting, he was like, Hey, this is TV. Don't do that. Like he was that weird F word thing with Sharon was weird. Cause I feel people on TV to go, Oh shit. I mean, we, Bloopers, practical jokes, whatever with Ed McMahon, and Dick Clark, you, they were constantly bleeping them. Right. Um, because people would cuss when they fucked up on a, on an episode of a sitcom. It'd be like, you know, B. Arthur would mess up a line and go, Oh, fuck you, you stupid cunt. You know, and, you know <laughs> that's one of your standby jokes that I, <laughs> you love, you love that mental picture of it. You, I know somewhere in the world, you, you really hope that she, at the very least, in her trailer, smoking a cigarette went, that Betty White is such a cunt. Yeah, you know, like Rose is Rose is like, you know, this reminds me of Saint Olaf. Oh, just stuff it, you fucking wrinkled old cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sophia's like, she's all like, and Rose is like, Sophia, do you mean your nose? No, Rose, I need my clit. Of course, I mean my nose. You know, like, <laughs> like you want them to be really dirty. Take this cannoli and shove it up your twat. Yeah. Oh, did you hear last night that that was Rue? I mean, yeah, Blanche was fucking everything that walked in the room, and she was there <laughs> fucking. There was I wanted to come hit me in the face, you know, it was gross. <laughs> Picture it, Sicily, my Salvatore oh, is shoving his big sausage down my fucking throat, and I'm just gagging on it. What were you saying? By the end, I look like a glazed cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to be, you know. <laughs> My pussy looked like a chicken parmesan that sat out in the sun all day. But, you know, Dorothy, why were you with Stan for so many years? Why was I with Stan? He had a big fucking cock. What could I say? <laughs> I bet you Stan had a big... Do you think Stan had a big cock? He was a very tall man. I can imagine that it was a sizable member. Nothing out of the ordinary. Do you find him sexy? Stan is Bornak? No, not mm -hmm. at all. Well, I'm just saying because you thought this Paul Hollywood was everything. You were saying Paul Hollywood and Stan's Bornack are two completely different categories. In my head, they're the same. Well, because they're over the age of 18. So. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that Rue was calling uh, her William, by the way. Yeah, and that was a, that was I will say for for Willem that was quick. You you corrected him, but not Rue. Why you corrected me, but not because Rue's holding a check for a hundred thousand dollars. That is true. That is true. And why would Max care? I mean, that, that was so weird. He was so involved. I don't know. I didn't really like him. What were your thoughts on him? I wasn't a big fan though. I just always kind of remember anytime seeing him interviewed when Will and Grace was on, just kind of getting that ew. Okay, we get it. 
you're a groundbreaker. You've you've created a sitcom about gay people. Mm-hmm. Relax, you know. There was just always something about him that was very ew. I, yeah. I just was never never necessarily a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing I would say is you know who this Anna Navarro is? Yes. Don't you think Madame Lequeer reminds you of Anna Navarro? Oh my God, you're right. Yes, especially with that short wig on in the uh, yeah. in in their their scene. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Do you mean Navarro or? <gasps> I kind of like the smell. Then you have to do that, which yeah. makes no sense. No, Nothing she does the thing where she like she clasps her hands, but she does it in this. Oh, weird... that's right. Yeah, it's. I I would love to spend a day in Kenya Michael's brain <laughs> to know what was going on in that brain. Uh, all right. It's elimination. In the no, elimination we're not done. We're not done. Oh, we're, we're not. not oh, we, we, no, we only oh, got. We only, did we talk about the second group? We only really talked about Latrice. Uh, Madame Lequeur. No, we talked about we them both. Talk about oh, we got them both. Yeah, Sharon oh, needle okay. scars with Rue and Max. Yeah. Well, we didn't really talk about that. What were your thoughts Go on ahead. that? I think it was gross. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Well, I think that we're just not used to seeing that. And there was a, I mean, it, it allowed her an opportunity to show growth at the end of the episode when mm-hmm. she said listening to notes and everything. But the one thing that I wrote, because these scripts were horrible, these scripts were they're always horrible, every, yeah. they're, but they were particularly horrible. And Max wrote something like talking about Dita. It's what you dream as a writer to see someone acting your lines this good. And I was sort of like, are you admitting that you wrote this? Like you're supposed to be this great writer. Oh, for I don't Will think he Grace. wrote it. I no, I know that, it. but it is yeah. something that you just, I will say this. Dita, I thought Dita, the cadence and the way that she did the character, I would see that on a sitcom. I thought that yeah, she Max was, was the right. best out of everybody there. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Even though Chad wasn't bad either. No, but Chad kind of, I feel like a lot of them just went to the, well, I mean, the one character was named Julia, which you know was probably yeah. based. I think that was Chad's character was kind of like a Julia Sugar Baker, and yeah. it seemed like they all went to the Blanche Devereaux place. Yeah. So whereas all Dita didn't, yeah, yeah. They, they all they all did that, or with a we all just talked with this Southern accent, and yeah. it was very lilty, and and that doesn't necessarily you all can't be Blanche, and y'all can't be Julia Sugar Baker. Yeah. And why would they, why were they breaking into a nut farm in the middle of the night? Like that made the Justin Bieber thing. I kind of get that, especially because Golden Girls always used to go to really weird concerts and stuff. Like I remember yeah. where they went and saw Madonna. Like they talked about how they all went and saw Madonna, like in like 1986 or whatever. Yeah. So that makes sense in that regard. But something like where they're going to break into a nut farm because Fifi O'Hara loves nuts. It was dumb. It didn't make any sense. No, Nothing but makes, these things never they, do. They never do. And then they're, and then the, 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 the guard is openly hitting on them. And then like, but also, you know what the thing is too, is, 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 is your, are you, are we combining the finished product? Cause if, if we're combining the finished product here, then I have other things to say. Um, we can talk about the finished product. I didn't, I don't think I wrote any notes. 
On the finished product, I would. I have one note for the finished product, which is I love that Milan and Willem are the actors in the group, and they're essentially edited out of the whole thing. They're like their parts are non-existent. I don't. Did Milan even have a line in the finished product? No, Mm -hmm. I don't think they showed her in the finished product. No, they showed her filming it, but we don't see her really in the finished product. Mm -hmm. And Willem barely has a line. So they, they axed, uh, her out too. So, um, I just thought funny that the actors are the ones who get edited out of the thing. Um, which I thought was very, very funny. Any other thoughts here? I I know you have a lot of thoughts on the sitcom. Uh, I just thought that this, uh, if we're including the final product, the second team was better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the nuts one? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was better. Um, because well, because Latrice carried it. I wonder if that would be true. Even though I probably would give it to um, Madame Laqueer and Kenya just for being rad. <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoy a train wreck. I love a train wreck. I love it. Um, but How Latrice is Lori? <clears throat> I know. Seriously. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was talking to her about how. It's too bad that she works so far away from school. That she works so so far away from home now. Because I, I thought of a great YouTube show where if because she up th- last school year <clears throat> she worked like a mile from her house or two miles. It was very close. And I was like, oh my god, that would have been a great show if I picked you up in the morning and drove you to school and then picked you up and we just filmed us talking on the way to and from <laughs> your school. And, um, but I'm on the, I'm, I, hopefully she quits this job and I can do that again. That'd be amazing. Wouldn't that be an amazing YouTube show? Um, all right. Uh, it's elimination day and the girls get ready for the runway. Latrice takes the girls to church. Sharon calls Fifi a tired ass showgirl and Fifi buys Sharon a one way ticket to Party City where she belongs. Your thoughts on all things elimination day, Taylor the Latte Boy. So this is an example of at the time watching this, I was very pro Sharon and mm-hmm. very anti Fifi. And yeah. while I am not necessarily a fan of the character they are creating for Fifi, mm-hmm. much like we see with all stars Four, the editing of this is very troubling because it seems to go from a two to a 10 and about half a second which means you know there is stuff in between that Mm -hmm. was cut Mm -hmm. and you know also i'm wondering because they showed the previously on and this was the thing that i said earlier i'm like i wrote a note but i don't know what this means but then i remembered Mm -hmm. fifi saying she picked a character for i picked a character for you versus just go put on your white makeup and just be goth. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if there was a conversation before that said, why don't you play a goth character? Mm-hmm. And that was edited out because it makes it look much more dismissive. If you just have Fifi saying, just put on the white makeup for you. And it takes away, it doesn't make as much sense when Fifi says, so I told you to do something I know you're good at and you won the challenge, but then you threw me under the bus for it. Are you following what I'm saying? So you're saying that there's stuff we didn't see last week. Yes. 
Okay, interesting. I never thought about it that way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and watch those scenes, the scene mm-hmm. of um the last week where she says, "Just put, you know, just put on white makeup and and do your thing." Mm-hmm. Compared to this, there is. It seems like there is something that is missing. Now, there have been there have been speculation. There's been rumors. There's been whatever that they both knew they had the opportunity to have a moment here, and that it could have possibly went too far. Mm-hmm. Um. But it is, you know, it, it makes for it makes for compelling television. But also, when you think about in the moment, the first time everybody watched this, it was all like, "Oh my god, this is a really big fight." Much like we have seen with the infamous All Stars One Untucked fight with mm-hmm. Mimi, I'm first versus everybody. But then when yeah. you go back and watch it, that fight doesn't make any sense. This feels kind of the same. If you go back and like watch it and just listen to the way they're talking in the beginning until until Sharon walks away from her, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. I remember watching it. It's so funny to have a different experience where I was watching it today and I was like, why is Sharon telling Fifi this? Like, why would she do this? Was she trying to get under Fifi's skin? Because she goes over there and she says, listen, I want you to hear it from me first. Okay. Uh-huh. But we were on the main stage and, you know, I was asked about you and I was asked something I threw you, essentially I threw you under the bus. And Fifi's like, well, why would you say that? What was said? And she says, you know, I said that you just wanted me to do my goth thing. And Fifi was like, well, I just, yeah, it's the thing you're good at. And then, but you see, that's the thing is right. And Fifi does it within a line. She says it really calm and then she freaks out. But I think that's very Fifi. Like she plays this scenario in her head. And then Sharon doesn't back down and then it escalates. Well, but I feel like there's a, there's a part of that where she's, I want to pull it up. Okay. I'm pulling it up. Okay. It, go it, ahead. It feels like that if there is that where she goes from zero to 60 in four seconds, mm-hmm. that makes sense to make that one shot versus chopping it up. Because it feels like Sharon was probably saying this as an attempt to apologize. Mm-hmm. And that we didn't see that. Oh I don't know. God, I mean, she said, I want to say this before it gets out of control. That's, that's why she said she was going to go over and talk to her. But that's why it tells me that this is something where this is concocted. I'm going to go over uh-huh. and we're going to have a discussion about it. Okay. Um, I think this is it right here. Hold on. Um. Oh wait, how did that happen? Okay. All right, here. Actually, I, I jumped right to it. Here we go. So this is now. Right now, this is Chad. I'm not Chad. Sharing a confessional, talking about how she's going to go over to Fifi. Here we go. It makes me feel bad. Did you work well with Fifi? She definitely didn't bring a strong leadership role. Basically, what she said is, "You're spooky, dressed like a monster." Okay, that's from last week. Now Sharon's walking over to her. What's up? Well, I don't know if any of the other girls have said anything about it, but I'd rather have you hear it from me now before it turns into much bigger than it was. But in the last runway, um, I was pretty sure I was in the bottom two. Uh Uh-huh. So I brought you up, and I just wanted to let you know. What do you mean brought me up? Brought me up how? Well, basically what I said was I felt that you kind of pushed me into... You know, just doing my spooky look and that it was irresponsible and I thought it was kind of sloppy just to... Because I told you... 
Okay, so this is now, she said that, no, this is where Fifi interrupts her. Okay, here we go. Do something that you're good at. Coming up, I'm the okay. future of drag. You look so that, 20 years ago. They're doing the commercial. Go back to party. Now. And so they're going to come back right now. But so do you think anything's been cut out yet so far? Mm, no, not yet. Right. And Fifi, that's a good point. That is a good, that Fifi makes a good point to do something that you're good at. Why would I not? I want our, our team to win. Why would I not put you in a role that I know that you would do well in? Okay, so here's what I will say. Even though so far I'm semi-pro Fifi, what I will say, though, is I think what Fifi is – I just talked about this in Alaska Thoughts today. I don't think Fifi is really good at communicating things. And so I think when she said it in the moment, she has a tendency just to be a fucking bitch. So she's like, well, just go put on that white thing and do that goth thing that you do. And now okay, – well, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. But now she's reframing it. Well, but I feel like there is something of where if she is assigning characters to people mm-hmm. for the previous week's challenge, it makes sense that she would say to Sharon, yes, it could have been dismissive, but she said, you do like a spooky character. And then when Sharon questioned her on something as far as the way we have to do, it was something like we have to do like, you know, the choreography, we have to come up with this. And she was like, just go put on your white makeup and yes. we'll be fine because she was feeling very overwhelmed in that moment. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I feel like there is a part of that, a part of them planning that we did not see in which Fifi said, just do, without saying, do you want to do something different? I know that you're good at this like zombie vampire queen thing. So just mm-hmm. do that. And then was so in her head that she just went, just go get yes. out, get out I of my agree face with kind that. of thing. I agree and with that's that. the dismissive part. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's finish this fight here. There's obviously going to be some repeat right here because it's TV. Last runway, I was pretty sure I was in the bottom two. Uh huh. So I brought you up. I felt that you kind of pushed me into, you know, just doing my spooky look and that it was irresponsible. I thought it was kind of sloppy just to. Because I told you something that you're good at. Well, I wanted RuPaul to know that if she wanted to say that I just kept turning out the same look, it was because you just wanted us to be As a team leader, what my, we always are. You're an adult. You could have came up to me and said, you know what? I don't want to do this. I was being realistic. Realistic was, was bull because I, I picked out a kid. No. Okay. Go ahead. Another fair point. Mm-hmm. Another fair point of where she said, well, well, and she said, I thought I was in the bottom too. So I, I threw you under the bus before she could say anything. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. No, I and think it I, makes complete sense where, where where Sharon's in the wrong. No, that's what I'm. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Is that is yeah. that that this is something where it'd be one thing if she said, she said, "How do you feel as though Fifi did as a as a team leader?" And then she threw her under the bus. It's one thing if they said to her, "You know, you've done the spooky thing a couple weeks in a row," and she, and she mm-hmm. and she said, "I wanted to do something different, but I was told by our team leader." we need to, you know, ju- just do what yeah. I'm good at kind of thing yeah. or say mm-hmm. th- those are two different things. It's one, th- it's one thing to throw her under the bus as the bus is coming, but she like set Fifi up and the bus is still down the road. Well, even and then you take it. Yeah, go ahead. Ended up making a turn because she ended up winning the challenge that week. You could take it even further in that a, it's not like I thought I was in the bottom two, but I was really in the bottom three. She won the challenge. Okay? Right. And RuPaul, I, if I remember correctly, asked her after the critique 
So she'd already gotten these positive critiques. Why would she think she was in the bottom two? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is this is another example of one of these infamous fights that when you really kind of look at it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it doesn't make, to me, the fight makes sense, but it's like, what was Sharon's motivation? Okay, hold on. Let's keep listening. Character for you to sit there and do, and you did it great. You obviously won the goddamn challenge. Because, because, because of me. Because I told you hmm. to go in your closet and dig out that goddamn gothic look. So congratulations, you're welcome, because I was the one that sat there and picked that out for you. Okay, well, if you think that I won Sharon, because of, of you, you, you are wrong. Then what? what it's my you talent do? that gets me to win. Sharon, you know what? You are not even on the same level as me, so get the f*** out of right, my face. Because you get the f*** out of my you, face. That's because you won nothing. Go back only one look that you got. Oh, I have one look? Tired-ass showgirl. F- ass showgirl. At least I am a showgirl, bitch. Go back to Party City where you belong. I'm the f- future of drag you look 20 years ago oh girl please I- all right okay so when she goes to the place of she goes i told you i see i i was i was over you must have had the screen up because i was like waving at you to stop the stop the the sound yeah i was looking at it i was like oh what is this <laughs> i'm intrigued i'm pulled in What's but she episode? says at one point i said to you where you know Go to your closet and get that outfit, which tells me that there was a conversation which she said, play this part, not just the thing that we saw of the go put on your, go put on your like white face and, mm-hmm. and your, your, you know, goth outfit and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So now the part where Fifi loses me or where she goes, I, you won because of me. Mm-hmm. I, that is, that is delusional. That is cuckoo yeah. crazy bird, but. Mm-hmm. I I feel like this is the be- this is the beginning of the oh we have somebody we could totally paint as a villain for this season so we're going to do everything we can to give her the villain edit. Yes. Yes. Because she gives them so much to work with. One of the things I talked about in today's Rulaska thoughts was um Fifi essentially has resting witch face. And what I mean is Fifi just naturally comes off as a villain just by being her. I don't think she's a villainous person, you know, but there's just something about the way she moves and acts that just seems shady and shifty and they're playing it to their advantage. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, All right, Taylor. Well, it is now time for the The looks. Um, As per usual, what we do is... You know, this is, um, for lack of a better term, we see how right you are because you, you consider yourself a fashion maven mm-hmm. and we see <laughs> you know, how correct yes. you come, you know? All right. All right. Here we go. All right. So going in alphabetical order, not in sure. the order that they came down the runway because of the website that we're at looking at yeah. all of these looks. Uh, the first mm-hmm. down is Chad Michaels and Chad comes out in a, Silver outfit with uh, hair that looks very reminiscent of Florence Welch, of Florence of the Machine. She mm-hmm. said that it was very, um, I think she said Byzantine Empire mm-hmm. or very like medieval, almost looking like a suit of armor, um, mm-hmm. but with sheer, sheer pieces to it. And I think that it is a great look. I like it. All right. I want the record of the show. Remember last week you got them all right. I got them all right. So we yeah. will see if that happens this time. Uh, next yeah. up is Dita Ritz. Dita comes mm-hmm. out in a 
short, a mini dress that I'm going to say is definitely metallic, but I almost want to say like a brown or bronze metallic. It almost looks like, mm-hmm. like a chocolate metallic. Mm-hmm. Um, legs, legs, legs for days. I love the outfit. I love her legs in this, though she did need to lotion up because her knees were a little ashy. Um, but I thought she looked beautiful. I liked the hair. I liked kind of the ode to Billie Holiday with the big flower in the side of her hair. And I think this is a great look. Yes. All right. So next up is Jiggly Caliente. Oh, dear. Um, So Jiggly definitely has a brand. And this is playing mm-hmm. into that brand. Um, yeah. It is a yellow dress that feels very uh 80s late 80s early 90s um she described it as kind of like brooklyn prom um the color is pretty but we're going to see someone who does the color a lot better later there's something about this unfortunately that is just kind of a sloppy look so this is not a look that i enjoy all right so speaking of yellow, we have Kenya Michaels who comes out in a in a beautiful um, uh, yellow dress with a floral tropical print along the one breast and along the the border of the. I'm rascring the fashion terms in this. Um, this is I love the yellow uh, color on her. I'm not a big fan of yellow, but I think it looks great on her, and the dress flowed with her, and I thought that she was very very pretty in this, um, and I liked the a splash of color against something that is such a bright color. I like this look. All right. Next up is Latrice Royale, who comes out in a black and blue off-the-shoulder asymmetrical dress and her hair in an updo with jewels on her beautiful bracelet and big jewels on her fingers. Uh, Just flawless. I think that she looks absolutely stunning and beautiful in this. A great, great look from Latrice. Oh my gosh. So Madame Laqueer comes out in a very mother of the bride dress uh, and with long curly brown hair. The dress is very matronly, um, but I also know that she seems to be very limited due to her particular body shape as to what she can wear. Um, so it is, it's okay, but it's not necessarily a great look. The color for this, this baby shit green color that she has is not a great look. It is, it's, it's not attractive. So this is not, I would consider this not a good look from Madame Laqueer. All right. So next up is Milan, who comes out in a gold, uh, in a gold dress, um, that is, I feel like kind of, it's like too much gold. I also found it kind of offensive that uh, Billy B referred to her as a stunning black Emmy award, which I'm like, why you gotta say black? <laughs> There's something about yeah, that. I that don't just... know why it had to be a black. I know it's really obnoxious. <laughs> it's, it just was, but again, it's of a different time that that's not something that they would say now. Not the Billy B has been on the show forever. Um, I kind of felt like it was too much gold. Ironically, even though we had last week, we had the metallic, uh, the, the platinum and gold. There was something about this that the dress was not, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the hair. I thought the hair was too plain. You know, they were giving, um, they were giving Dita uh, problems, uh, critiques about her hair not being big enough. And this is an example. This is another example of it, but nobody said it, at least on the show. So not a favorite look of mine from Milan. All right. Very good. Oh, thank you. 
So Fifi O'Hara came out in a white dress with uh, ostrich feathers along the top and along the leg slit with some uh, some bejeweled, not bejeweled, some uh, stonework. I am torn for this because on the one hand, it's a pretty dress, but Fifi has this tendency, and we saw it with, I think, the first or the second challenge of where she paints older than she actually is. And I felt as though that she looked she looked older here, and we're going to see somebody who does a much better job of it shortly. So I'm going to have to say this is not one of my favorite looks from Fifi. Would you say she looks like a tired-ass showgirl? <laughs> yes, she looks like a tired-ass showgirl. All right. Okay, so let's see. Let's see if I can do this. So Sharon comes out in a black mini dress with a um with a with a shag haircut, a silver shag haircut and does makeup of where she is painting older, but the thing that I think makes this work is she is playing a character. Whereas I feel like Fifi just kind of comes out whereas the dress is wearing Fifi, but Sharon is wearing the dress and Sharon is presenting a character and she has a story that she's presenting on the runway. So, and we're also seeing a different look. We have seen over the last four weeks, completely different looks from her every week. So in that regards, Sharon, I like this look this week. All right. Very good. Oh my okay. gosh. Will she, will she do it? Will she uh, do it? I don't know. This one's tough. This one's tough. So Willem comes out in a, um, Vivian Westwood dress that with off the shoulder, um, I have to say, I'm not, there was something about the dress that I did not like. I, I kind of like, Vivian Westwood is one of those, uh, designers that I actually know some of her stuff and she has some very cool stuff, but you could, I would have never known this was Vivian Westwood by looking at it. Um, and I thought that, I get that it's probably supposed to look where it's that kind of, you know, very, um, you know, not threadbare, but just kind of off the shoulder and very seductive and stuff. But I don't know that it necessarily worked for Willem. So I am going to have to say that I am not a fan of this look. I'm equally torn. Okay. Ah, so no, 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 I picked the wrong one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Yeah. So, and those were the looks. Those are the looks. Oh my god, Lori's gonna be so mad when she hears these episodes. Lori can never, you know, she can't get a break on these things. All right, on the main stage, Team <laughs> Willem is safe, and Rue names Latrice Royale the winner of this week's challenge. Madame Lequeer and Milan are placed in the bottom two, forcing them to lip sync for their lives. The song "Trouble" by Pink. After all is said and done, Milan is told to Shantae, you stay, while Madame Lequeer is told to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Just get all your thoughts out. Everything we may have missed, everything you feel about the lip sync, everything. One of the worst lip syncs ever on the show. One of the worst lip syncs ever on the show. It was so sloppy. It was so just sloppy. crazy chaos. And the fact that both of them took their wigs off is... I almost wonder if that's what saved Milan was that they both took their wigs off because she was the yeah. first one to rip her wig off. Mm -hmm. So are we really kind of gotten to that stage in the show yet of where if you take the wig off, that's almost an automatic loss. Oh yeah. And I want to know when that becomes a thing. 
because yeah, we know it. Like I feel like even then everyone's like, Ugh, what's going well, on? Well, but here? this is, I mean, Willem says, you know, you, I don't get the taking your wig off in a drag show. It's a drag show, not as she says something, but I, uh, and that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's just not, it's, it's not a, it wasn't a good lip sync. Madeline Queer is doing that pointing thing that Jiggly points, points out. <laughs> right. Um, and uh Milan's is messy, 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 messy. That was not a good lip sync. We the weird thing with the putting on lipstick on the bottom lip. Well, I that? feel like she did that to so that she could accentuate, she could show her mouth movement. Like, Didn't do that before. Oh, I don't know, but 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 they were they really allowed to do that kind of thing? I mean, on All Stars, you see that they usually change their outfits and stuff, but on this one, yeah. is it where they? Just, you know, and they just kind of send them back to to do the show. And I couldn't stop staring at that hair that was stuck to Madame McQueer's mouth. And I was like, move the fucking hair. She had like a piece of the wig was like in her mouth. I couldn't stop staring at it. It (laughs) The one thing I want to point out is I love that at one point, Max Max Muchnick tells Dita like, oh, you were great. You were fantastic. You were like a sitcom writer's dream. You know, you could be an actor, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're perfect. You're like Linda Evangelista. And Michelle's like, you have to use lotion. Well, you know? but and I'm like, but you also figure at this point, this was prime Michelle as Simon. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I love that. But then Max Muchnick was very wrong about Sharon. He's like, I don't get the name. I don't get anything about her. Maybe he was right. I don't know. I don't like yeah, her. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's everything that I got. Taylor, have you said everything you have to say? Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend, every week as we continue to discuss, dissect and deconstruct. Each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap. For more access to LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.